Within a mysteriously empty 80s Future Core theme park, leagues away from what was once the strip mall of the damned. Past the futuristic flying cars and McCarthyist propaganda posters, beyond the rats gleefully leaping through the rubble of unfinished construction, a secret society assembles. To scrutinize those films rumored to drive viewers to madness and dissolution, draw closer, dear listener, and let your trembling ears sup upon the eldritch knowledge of the Cinemania Society. We, we the fellows of the Lens of do compete to judge if it's not worthy of our esteem, or whether it should cast out of the worthless hokum. Let us start our friends in shit. We the fellows the story so far. Taking refuge in an abandoned Soviet-era space-age theme park, the Society of Disgust 90s dubiously accurate space documentary Total Recall, while avoiding cinema assassins in the guise of cosmonauts. Just another day. Meanwhile, one member of the team has come upon a secret message leading to timely reveals, terrific reversals, tremulous rethinking, and a fabulous new wardrobe. We rejoin the Society as they take stock of what they have seen and pass judgment. Phew, that was close. The Cinema Assassins are vanquished. What? Wait, you mean we vanquish them with our cunning runaway right now strategy? Works for Scooby-Doo. Doesn't matter. They're dealt with. For now. Yeah, but but for how long? Now. That was a pretty deep lunar crater they fell into. It might take a while to climb out. Seriously, don't worry about it. We're not the worrying about things society. Eh, they probably stopped to read some communist uh, pamphlets or something. What matters is, it's somebody else's problem. Uh, yeah, the last time y'all said that, things didn't go so well for me. So, you'll forgive my skepticism. I've learned not to ask too many questions with this group. Best to just drop it. <sighs> okay, I guess. <laughs> hey, check it out. We're in the planetarium. <sighs> I love looking at space from the other side. It's so cute. Uh, ooh, we got some comfy seating in here. So let's uh, carry on with judgment. Yes, judgment. Damn it, where's my gavel? And I need a thing to hit to make the clonky clonk noise. God damn it, you and the fucking gavel. There's plenty of soft furnishings. That's just not the same. Okay, um, right, Pontifex. Um, cool, uh... It's judgment time, I guess. Uh, Sinquisitor? Is that anything like hammer time? <laughs> okay, gang, strap in, because I'm going to take y'all on a fucking journey. Oh, okay. Don't you always? At the time this movie came out in 1990, it was only the second film adaptation of a Philip K. Dick story ever done. As we all know, Blade Runner was the first, having been adapted very loosely from Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, though reportedly Dick was ecstatic over how, quote, accurate Blade Runner was to his vision when he was shown some of the rushes shortly before the series of strokes that killed him. Compared to Blade Runner, Total Recall is a much more Phil Dickian film, even with all of Verhoeven's trademarked hyperviolence and Schwarzenegger's, well, Schwarzeneggering, 
It is a very cerebral film, seeing as Phil Dick was also the king of ambiguity. I'll let you decide whether the pun is intended there. Much more cerebral than the usual Arnold vehicle. It's loaded with PKD's signature paranoia, identity crises, and conspiracism. I mean, that guy's work is loaded with that shit. The Phil Dickian elements of this film were further enhanced by its screenwriters, Ronald Shusett and Dan O'Bannon, themselves the kings of nihilistic paranoid space corporatism scripts. These are the guys who co-authored Alien, after all. Shusett went on to write at least three other Dick adaptations before he died in 2008. Phil Dickian totally sounds like a disease. Yeah, I, I just want to say it all the time now, Phil Dickian. <laughs> Uh, it's like Lovecraftian, only in this case, has to do with Phil. <laughs> Instead of H.P. Lovecraft, it's Philip K. Dick. Um, yeah. As a side note, you might have thought the writers of the single most successful sci-fi franchise this side of the one with space wizards and laser swords wouldn't have had to struggle getting their next big package through development, but you'd be wrong. The battle between studios and writers is not a new thing. Total Recall would never have gotten made without Arnold Schwarzenegger. Slam fucking dunk. He used his 80s action star cachet to personally shepherd it through development hell. It went through dozens of script rewrites and included, at one point, even David Cronenberg as a potential director. <laughs> so there's that. The fact that this movie got made at all is that much more surprising because Arnold Schwarzenegger is a vigorous business Republican and has been since he became an American citizen. You wouldn't have thought that he'd have gone in for this kind of picture because it's really strongly anti-corporate and you might even say anti-capitalist um, but in point of fact though Total Recall only got made because he read the script and loved it and attached himself to it. It's a shame that PKD didn't survive long enough to see this movie get made because while he evidently loved Blade Runner he would have creamed his genes over Total Recall. Uh, the success of this movie led to a spate of PKD adaptations and the next one, Screamers, doubled down on both its Phil Dickianism and Verhoeven connections seeing as it starred Peter Weller Robocop himself. Uh, then came Imposter, which featured armor and weapons recycled from yet another Fahufan picture. This one, uh, Starship Troopers. Uh, it's a small damn world, isn't it? Well, but uh, I'll, I'll just say, it, it's not just Imposter that reuses uh, the Starship Troopers armor and weapons. Oh no, uh, that pops the, up everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Starship Troopers, they, they spent so much money on that stuff because they used a, a lot of those like military sequences uh, where you see all the soldiers rolling out of the ship, mm -hmm. uh, they didn't use special effects for that. No. That's just how many actors they had and extras, oh. and they had to arm all of them. Mm -hmm. And the movie didn't make back as much money as they were hoping, so the main way they've been making back the budget of that film has been renting that shit out over and over and over <laughs> again. And then Stargate, the TV show, came along, and then they used it all through that. Like, yep. you see that shit everywhere. Fair enough. I mean, but either way, I mean, it's still the, the it's still yeah, coincidental, yeah. at least, that Schusset wrote Total Recall and then wrote Imposter and then Verhoeven directed um, oh, yeah, uh, Total Recall and Starship Troopers. And anyway, you get what I'm going at. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of us being a small world, I went through public school uh, with the daughter of Arnie's personal trainer, because um, uh, I remember specifically one year she brought in a Christmas card signed by Arnold himself uh, for show and tell. <laughs> anyway, so Arnold slam ducked it a second time in picking Paul Verhoeven to direct. Given how brutally Verhoeven satirized nihilistic corporate conspiracism in Robocop, he was the absolute perfect complement to the paranoid style crafted by Dick and refined by Shusett and O'Bannon. On a uh, personal note, I saw this film when it was newly released on home video, uh, and I remember being really traumatized, as I mentioned, about the gore effects and all the eyeball bulging, and I actually had seen Robocop by that point. Um, but that like intensity of that movie combined with my obsession over Blade Runner, and it had me cruising all my local used bookstores for any dick I could find. 
<laughs> Philip K. Dick, guys. Come on. <laughs> Total Recall more or less crowned Arnold as Hollywood's action movie king, and Dick as the sci-fi king of Hollywood. Um, so that was something that he despised. Uh, he, he absolutely despised Hollywood. Um, but I remember reading all that in an article on The Ringer recounting the making of Total Recall. So that literally means I can say, hey, remember when Dick shot that guy in RoboCop? Uh-huh. <laughs> in conclusion, whereas Total Recall was instrumental in turning me from a partial into a complete dickhead and thereby influencing my own creative work, Whereas how the success of Total Recall led to Philip K. Dick becoming the number one most adapted author in Hollywood despite him despising Hollywood until his death, and for all the other charges besides, I judge this film guilty. Well, alrighty then. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know. You guys all know I'm a nerd. I love science. And the science in this movie is so wrong. So wrong. Even if you release an atmosphere's worth of oxygen onto Mars, there isn't enough gravity to keep it there. It would all just boil off into space and leave you to suffocate. Also, turning the poles, not the core. The poles are ice, not the core. The core is not ice. Anyways, if you turned the ice on Mars in, if you vaporized the poles on Mars, it wouldn't turn in, it would just turn into steam. It wouldn't turn into hydrogen and oxygen. So it wouldn't be breathable anyways. It'd be even worse because one of the poles of Mars is carbon dioxide. And then it would still boil off into space. <laughs> it would, and no matter what it was, it would still boil off into space because there's not enough gravity to keep an atmosphere on Mars. That's why it doesn't have an atmosphere. Nor is there a magnetosphere. Yeah, that too. To pr- so you could have all the big old domes you want, and it's not going to protect you from all the radiation. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. They wouldn't just not glasses glassing enough. So yeah, and decompression doesn't work like that. And and and, 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 and so many other things. I, if I keep going, it's going to take too long. So if for no other reason than that, then the terrible, terrible science. I judge this film incredibly and unequivocally guilty of... Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Cinemania is affecting me now. No, I, I'm, I'm losing that, my shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's guilty. What about Andrea? Well, what do you think? although this film is a bit more mainstream than many we have judged. Lots of action sequences, Arnold, Sharon Stone. The underlying plot about a man who was really a spy, who had himself brainwashed on purpose so he could infiltrate a rebel group, then unbrainwash himself later, is quite a mind bender. Mix in a Martian landscape, alien artifacts, and business practices that don't make much sense, a definite cause of cinemania. Just saying it out loud makes me feel a bit insane. And that's before we even get to mutants at a strip club. I therefore judge this film guilty. Awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Zach? Well, I watched this movie in the theaters, and I loved it. It was peak Arnie, you know, doing sci-fi, which is something he hadn't really done yet. I mean, he had done... Predator? Uh, run, running Man, and yes, Predator, which were kind of science 
had science fiction elements to them, but wasn't true science fiction in the way that Total Recall was. And the one-liners were just amazing. On top of that, uh, my my uh, grandfather was actually uh, friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. They got a uh, Christmas card from him every year, um, and he uh, did a sculpture of Arnie and uh, did one of Ronald Reagan for him too. So I, I really just loved this film. Um, the science is bad. Uh, the acting is bad. Um, the story is. What makes this movie interesting to me because it has so many. I don't know if I'd say the acting is bad. I'd say Arnold's acting. Arnold's bad. (laughs) Everybody else's acting is superb. I kind of feel like everybody sort of. Any movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, everybody seems to match his sort of level of acting. So it's. If he's going for comedy, it's kind of. It's kind of campy, you know. People yeah, well, go over the top. They start chewing the screenery. The you screenery. have to. You have to, right? Because like you have to. Yes. Because he, ha- he's not just he's not just on screen. He becomes a filter applied to the lens. Exactly. Right? And so all the other actors, if they don't want to just be like a background stain in the image, like they have to ham it up. They, they have to start chewing the scenery to to just to show up. Just to like show up. When they when they like process it, it's like right. in last last action hero. You have Ben Kingsley show up, and even Ben Kingsley's like, well, you, you know, know chewing the scenery. Just just by way of example, like comparative example, there's an opposite effect to this. If you've ever seen uh, Kingdom of Heaven, anybody know this one? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, Great yeah. Movie. So wonderful movie. A lot of brilliant actors doing wonderful jobs, and then in the lead. You've got Legolas. Yep. <laughs> Orlando Bloom. And there's Orlando just this, so you can watch this whole movie, especially if, like I have, you watch the extended edition, which is like three plus hours long. And it's, again, even yeah, more extra Archibald. Yeah, extra beauty. And the whole movie, there's just this Orlando Bloom-shaped hole in the middle of the exposure. <laughs> you know, right? as, mu- as much as I love Keanu Reeves, I always felt that way about the uh, Kenneth Branagh version. Of, oh, he's awful. Uh, oh, he's awful. Oh. Okay, we're saving that for another time. We're, yeah. we're, gonna, we're just going to parking lot that. Holy shit. But yeah, anyway, the, sh- the, Shakes- the Shakespearean movies he, he was in, or, oh, yeah. it was just... Um, yeah. But I'm sorry, yeah. back to your judgment. Back Everybody else judge. has to cartoon themselves in order to be able to stand up next to Arnold. I got precisely yeah. because he is just this bigger than life presence, you know, and that presence, I think, is I think the remake of Total Recall. I think they were trying to kind of get away from a bit of that uh, arnicism if you will, and try to make a more serious sci-fi film out of it. But that didn't work, which is interesting. That movie's horrible in complete other way, <laughs> in other well, ways. Well, the lead is like really subtle and funny, but in like in a Irish sort of way. Well, it's yeah. Colin Farrell, basically, yeah. you know, being Colin Farrell and mm. instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger being Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. which is just... Yeah. You know, and then again, the whole conceit of we're going to drop through the center of the planet, you know, from Australia to Britain. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? Come on. So Which supposedly would take exactly I, 42 I believe, minutes. <laughs> 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 so, 
So I judge this film guilty of Arnold Schwarzeneggerism, <laughs> um, and maybe someday we'll get a truly pure rendition of the Philip K. Dick story that is the masterful Total Recall. I personally think it did great credit to the original story and improved on it. Well, that's your opinion. You already had your judgment. (laughs) (laughs) I have a a slightly different take on it, too. I believe that to all things, there is an answer. You said, how could this film be made by Arnie Schwarzenegger? He was such a Republican. He was effectively a big business guy. Why would he make this film? because he's a big business guy Arnie understood what the audience wanted to see and he was more than willing to sell them exactly that this film understands exactly the kind of movie that that moment in time needed and it was lots of shouting, lots of explosions crazy amounts of blood and gore and violence and Arnie was completely correct, he's a brilliant salesman and he's selling us exactly what we need and that's why the film did so well Looking much back, l- at- much like uh, how the salesman sold uh, Quaid on the uh, brain trip to Mars, right? Exactly. It may be an insidious product in many ways, but we're the ones buying it. Oh, we look back oh, at, wait, uh, hang on. Oh, wow, that's cynical. Fuck. So, like, he knew it was this thing that was really anti-corporate and was marketing an anti-corporate film because he knew it would sell. Oh, oh, that's an even deeper level of inception, Andy. Oh, shit. Jesus. <laughs> Actually, are okay. I guess we have the same take. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. When I was a kid and this film came out, it was one of those movies you have to see. Everyone was talking about it. This film is so gross, so extreme. It's got so much cool shit. You're no one if you've not seen this film. And that's how we interpreted it. It was an action fest. But a lot of Verhoeven's movies have really had a bit of a a re-examination as the years have gone by. And he was a master satirist. Everything he's done is satire. And this film is dripping with satire. He's telling us exactly where we're headed if we continue the way we're going and where the excesses of the day are going to lead to. And he was right in a lot of the things he said. I mean, let's face it, a lot of the companies that we're working under as our tyrannical overlords even now would be selling us the air we breathe if only they could. And they've certainly got plans to make it that way in the future. So it's a very prescient film. It's a very satirical film. It's a very clever film. It's a brilliantly sold film. And it just sadly holds up a disgusting mirror to our hideous selves. And I don't want to see my hideous self, thank you very much. And so therefore, I judge this film as guilty. So what you're saying is RoboCop stands for more than just the enforcers for the corporations that actually control America. And the dick he's shooting off is the social safety net that had kept the lower classes in some sort of... In effect, Ed 209 is the proletariat in Ah. many ways. (laughs) I can see no, that. But I the, can see that. But that idea of selling uh, uh, of selling you the the sort of faux revolution that you need as a as a safety valve. We're selling you the rope that will hang so, you. Exactly. Here's the thing. 
So I, I want to take this even one step further. I think it's worse than that. I, I mean, I think this movie might actually be one of our greatest offenders when it comes to Cinemania yet. Seriously, hear me out on this. So take take what Brother Andy was saying. Just take it a step further, right? And I don't think this is, I don't think Schwarzenegger's smart enough to have thought of all of this himself. He just doesn't even realize what he started, right? He took one movie and he attempted to, to pervert the, the uh, intent of both the source literature and, and the director, right? And he sold us this, um, you know, he sold us this film that was supposed to be anti-capitalist and he coded it in such a muck of, of uh, over-the-top violence and, and, and sexual objectification and, and honestly fun, let's, let's be frank, right? That it, it made it difficult to see that. Um, I I first saw this movie, and I, I've seen this movie many fucking times, sometimes only piecemeal, because they would show it on um, network television in just, you know, Saturday afternoon, right? Could you imagine this film on network television, right? <laughs> so it was so edited. Like, they had to cut <laughs> so much out. But what was really telling was it wasn't just the tits and gore, right? Some of what they cut out was some of the commentary stuff. Like some of that just gets, yeah, because when I finally saw it, like for realsies, that's when I was like, oh, oh, I see how much satire is in here. Now, I think that's a testament to how good Philip K. Dick's story is and how surprisingly good of a satirist Verhoeven is, right? That even Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't totally muck that up. But if you think about so many of the, K, the Philip K. Dick films that came after it, right? There were a couple of good ones, right? Verhoeven made Imposter, right? Spielberg no, made Minority. No, no, he didn't make, Verhoeven did not make oh, Imposter. Who made it Imposter? was written by Ronald Schusser. I oh, just said oh same, had... sorry, same writers did Imposter. Yeah. Spielberg, right, did Minority Report. And that was partially based on what... Um, Cooper. That was on a that was a Philip K. Dick story called The Minority Report. Yeah, and but yeah, no, no, no. But what I'm saying, and, and it was based off of partly what Kubrick was going to do with the film. So a couple of Kubrick really, was going to do Minority Report. Yep. Mm-hmm. Along really? the story. Oh, yeah, I'll get yep. to that some other time. Um, so yeah, it, it ties in with AI and everything else. I'll get to that later. So um, so yeah, so a couple of really fantastic artists managed to overcome the effect of this. But if you think of all of the Philip K. Dick movies that came after this, right? The Adjustment yeah. Bureau, Scanner Darkly, that Paycheck. abomination of Nicolas Cage next, Paycheck, right. Um, you know, uh, more recently there was... Um, uh, um, there was that Electric Dreams series on Amazon. That mm-hmm. wasn't so bad, but Radio Free Albemuth, Screamers sequels, right? They did they're, sequels to Screamers? Yes. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. terrible. And they're uh-huh. terrible because Straight all they're doing is they're using it as a vessel for, like, mindless action. Jesus. And it gets even further, right? If you think about it, they've all got, like, lots of twists and stuff. But they're kind of mindless. Like, they don't make any sense, right? On the surface, the, the twists and stuff are pretty, like, random and nonsensical and, like, what the fuck in this movie, too. But on a few on a rewatch, you're like, oh, okay, they do still kind of make sense, right? Like the story is still kind of twisty in a good way. But so many sci-fi movies, even non-Philip K. Dick-based ones, try to do this, even just fucking thrillers, right? And they're just twists for twist's sake, right? Huh. And they don't make any sense. And the critics are panning it because it's like, what the fuck is this? And it has totally wrecked that very subversive 
element of filmmaking, right? In a lot, a lot of movies, like ever since. So I judge this film guilty of infecting films themselves with cinemania. Huh. Damn. Okay. Metacinemania. Hats off. Yeah. Uh, patient fucking Like, this zero. movie was, like, one of the first that really was, like, let's take some really fundamental, strong, like, uh, you know, subversive, satirical source material and a genre. Sci-fi is as a genre meant to be subversive. And let's just mm-hmm. fuck it up and turn it into, like, corporate, you know, uh, you know, uh, tentpole bullshit. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, but I still so love this movie. The movie is basically, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, the movie is basically <laughs> saying you can have sci-fi, you can have satire, you can have spectacle, much like a three-breasted hooker, but you've only got two hands. <laughs> but you've only got two hands, oh, right? My. So which are you going to grab? And it's never going to be the satire. Well, they're showing that there are uh, there are now a total on IMDb is showing there are now a total of fifty adaptations of Philip K. Dick. Yeah, wow. the product just keeps cycling round and round and round. It's Ubik. Mm-hmm. No I kidding. Can't wait to see Speaking the of which, that was theater's rendition of Total Recall. Who? <laughs> oh, just with that many derivative works, I'm just waiting for uh, a community theater rendition of Total Recall. <laughs> recall, recall, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't. Inception's based on Ubik. Oh, interesting. Inception is based on Ubik? No, I don't uh, think so. <laughs> uh, this is more apocryphal. It's a little hard to say. No, I don't. Mm. I don't think Inception is based on Ubik. I mean, maybe Ubik inspired it to a certain degree, but Ubik is is really different from Inception. I mean, yeah. more so even than Blade Runner is from Do Android's Dream. Um, yeah. Well, like, I can now very much see from everyone's take that. I guess the reason why, like, because because um, when I when I turned, I think it was like uh, when I was fifteen or something like that. Um, uh, my my dad wanted to show me all of or like the the classics of like action sci-fi from the from the eighties and nineties. So you know, like Terminator, all of that stuff. And now I understand like why this was included in that. I guess that uh, bundle there. Mm. Um, so yeah, very just very fond memories of this particular film, just watching it and just how over the top it is. And in terms of like you know for influencing my own work, I kind of get that as well. Where it's just you can have this underlying subtext, you can have anti-capitalist messaging, you can have um, profoundness in a very silly package, and not just this, but also Starship Troopers which kind of uh, goes a little bit more ham on the, uh, the performances <laughs> and the satire. But, like, it, 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 this, the, the more that we get into, like, the, the Philip K. Dick uh, 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 anthology is the interpretations and the, the, the surface level can be entertaining and doesn't have to make a whole lot of sense so long as you have the messaging and you have that core there. Um, I don't know. I just kind of like media. That's that's that way. It just it lures you in with, with with comedy and good times and silly quips and ar- fucking Arnie, uh, and then eventually you get into the nitty gritty because then you've become attached uh, to the characters and not just the characters but also the things that they want to do. Um, however, 
I, 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 I still do not understand why uh, uh, Kuwait's first th- first thought is, hey, let's not just go to Mars, but let's go to war-torn Mars. Fuck <laughs> all of this shit. Um, yeah, Some so people I just want really... a vacation in Beirut, man. <laughs> I just, I, I... They want a holiday in Cambodia. Yeah, it's no, absolutely not. Cambodia. I mean, it's just like the more that I really got into... Like, I, we mentioned this before. The science... The fucking bullshit like everyone has this obsession with mars because it's close to us um because it's 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 like like william shatner said in final frontier because it's there um and it's not really the yeah it's 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 not the beacon of life that people really think it is it's dead And like we mentioned before, yeah, it has no fucking magnetosphere. There's no way that you could contain an atmosphere, much less hold it with gravity. And it's just, I don't, I, it really goes to show just the fucking hubris of billionaires. They're like, yes, we are going to go to Mars. Ah, yes, I too would like to go to an apocalyptic wasteland where all of the life there never made it past the fucking microbial stage like that is my idea of a fucking vacation and well then i should tell you about wasteland weekend sometime <laughs> yeah real <laughs> wasteland weekend but it's mars edition that actually kind of <laughs> cool anyway um no i don't i i i dis i strongly dislike the obsession with mars i one time, I attended a present uh, PowerPoint presentation party. My presentation was specifically labeled "Fuck Mars," um, <laughs> and I just—it's uh, it, sure, cool imagery, whatever. It's uh, space landscapes, beautiful. Mars isn't the candidate. And Reminds I me of about- uh, my darkly erotic fan fiction, "Fuck Mars." Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 no. That Mars is. No, and for so many reasons that I'm not going to go into, and then I, I I can make the argument that no, we should try Titan, which or, which is uh, the largest moon of, of Saturn, and that's a whole other thing. But uh, the, yeah, of course the science doesn't hold up. It never holds up. If the science was accurate, um, it would be boring as shit. And even Interstellar exaggerated a lot of details of theoretical physics and uh, uh, and astrophysics and all of that. So it's. This is very much the the one of the beacon examples of science fiction bending everything so that shit is fucking cool, which I commend them for. As much as I'm like, nah, Mars sucks and blah blah blah. This I'll still watch it and really fucking enjoy it. I, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That is that is the vibe. And just for all of the for the science bullshittery for the over the top uh performances uh led by our wonderful wonderful arnie um and uh kind of baking in those little anti-capitalist things and uh uh hopefully we we see a, an anti-capitalist uh arnold in the future fingers crossed uh, no pressure um i deem <laughs> this film guilty you know that just kind of reminded me of that bit and the expanse like later on in the seasons when they what happens to mars and all the people trying to terraform it and stuff for like generations as soon as they find other habitable planets the whole the whole project just falls apart because everyone's yeah. just like oh fuck this yeah. i'm Good out job. <laughs> realize it's a bad idea exactly <laughs> so i guess uh, they should feel bad <laughs> yeah 
I guess the lesson is, ain't nobody buying tickets to see Arnie's happy holiday. No, no. <laughs> Real quick, right. though, um, you think it was a dream or not? You think it, you think oh, it was all a simulation or not? It's also, it, that, as I said, uh, uh, the ambiguity is the point. And yeah, but just like you, personally, your opinion. My opinion doesn't my opinion doesn't matter because it's supposed to be both both realities are true simultaneously ah oh. <sighs> spoken like a true politician and that's why you're our leader <laughs> <laughs> if the film had been carried on rolling for a few seconds longer then arnie would have woken up and realized he is in fact paul verhoven mashing a soldering iron into his own palm staring into the camera credits roll <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, but one part that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about a lot when it comes to Arnie's journey is, you know, like discovering who you really are underneath and you know, how that interacts with who you want to be and how the two can coexist. And um, I don't know. Self-actualization often comes with some pretty big changes and well let's say that just like arnie i too met myself on a laptop wait what it's about time babe Uh, according to all the pop-up adverts i get all i can meet on my laptop is horny milfs in your area (laughs) uh tell me what sites you've been visiting sometime i shall not (sighs) listen this is this is important. Um, it turns out the the council like messed up my mind. It turns out I, I may have uh, c- kind of uh, low key, maybe possibly been secretly sending them details of where we are. Uh, it, it, it was all hypnosis shit, though. So that's why they keep finding us. I don't know why, but I so wanted to blame Brother Methuselah. Yeah, that would make more sense. I never liked that guy. He called me a laggardly academician once. What a bastard. Look, no one likes him, but go on with the story. How did you figure all this out? So, um, the old me sent, uh, myself uh, a message about it. Uh, it, it, it's it's kind of super convoluted and and hard to explain. uh, A point is... I did find a laptop, and Uh-oh. I was on the laptop, and 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 she gave me these clothes. Uh, uh, I gave myself these clothes. Uh, she? Did I miss something? Sorry, I I know it doesn't make sense. Uh, oh, it's uh, it's actually quite simple, really. Huh? It's a simple story. Boy meets girl. Boy envies girl's gender. Boy has cross-dressing phase. Boy grows hair out. Boy starts seeing girl in the mirror. Boy wishes he was girl. Boy is certain wishing to be girl is considered normal since gender boy behavior. Boy sees girl more in mirror. Boy obsessively watches transition videos on TikTok. Boy realizes she's girl. Girl starts transitioning. Girl gets intercepted by Secret Society Council. Secret Society Council brainwashes her and turns her back into boy. Secret Society Council sends her to infiltrate strip mall Secret Society. Secret Society accepts her cover identity. Girl sends information to Council. Council doesn't realize girl had failsafe to protect herself. Girl realizes she is girl again. Girl rejoins Strip Mall Secret Society, but this time with a real name, a tale as old as time itself. Uh, I, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's exactly it. Oh, that old chestnut. So we've been using the wrong name? Are we to make a correction, comrade? Uh, yes, I, I like, um, 
Alessa, or Alessandra works too if you're feeling official. And your title. You'll need something suitably grandiose, yet vague enough to lack specifics. I'd prefer... Arbiter? Very well. I move that all references to Repositor Andre be changed to Arbiter Alessa. I second that motion. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? The motion carries. Alessa, you are hereby bestowed the title of Arbiter with all rights and responsibilities contained therein. A previous name and title will be stricken from our records as just as soon as we have records again. Jolly good. Uh, just try not to arbitrate yourself into another plot to destroy the society, yeah? <laughs> no promises. Huzzah! Our society is now nearly 50% women. Hmm, it's about damn time. Yeah, so as cool as this planetarium is, we need to find the exit. Um, I'm pretty sure it's over there. And why do you think that? Because there's a big-ass sign that says, See you next Tuesday. Do you think something was lost in translation, or did the Soviets know what they were saying? Does it matter? It's funny either way. It does not. Prepare to be... I... I've got nothing. Cosmonautified. Shits, I'm so sorry, guys! Being part of a secret society means never having to say you're sorry, only running now! Is that what I think it is? Uh, I don't know. What do you think it is? I mean, whatever it is, it's a big one. Some kind of mechanical drilling machine? Ahoy! Is anybody there? I got lost and I decided to use this infernal apparatus to catch up. Uh, oh dear. You just crushed those guys. It wasn't on purpose. For once, I'm almost glad to see you. Good work, buddy. Let joy ring out. Good old brother Methuselah. Get a drink from Mr. Wrinkles and me. I love you. Oh, do you all mean it? Really? No. No. Oh, well, there was something I was supposed to do. One moment, I have it here. Ah, yes. Ahem. Aluminium caramel squirrel. Is... Is is that supposed to do something? Yeah, what the hell is an aluminum caramel squirrel? <clears throat> Must kill society? Is there even such thing as an aluminum caramel squirrel? <sighs> what, what happened? Oh, drat, I must have said it wrong. What? Aluminum caramel squirrel? Kill, kill, activate protocol Omega. Well, I've never heard of an aluminum caramel squirrel. <sighs> Bit of a headache there, kind of woozy. Well, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't matter. It's probably a crappy drink anyway. Let's just get the fuck out of here, after all. We're not the worrying about things society, right? Now you're getting it. Uh, hey, I just thought of something. Uh, so if Brother Wet Scrotum Face over there has been drilling through walls chasing after us, won't that affect the structural integrity of the whole sort of... Oh, 
Run! Seconded! That episode of the Cinemania Society was written and performed by Zachariah Burks, Ethan Ireland, Andrea Palladino, Daniel Scribner, Andy Slack, Hope Bravo, and Alessandra Martinez. Produced, mixed, and mastered by Ethan Ireland. Music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Ambiance created in part by Miracle Forest Music. Sound effects and incidental music courtesy of Epidemic Sound. Visit us at thecinemaniasociety.podbean.com for season one and profiles in Cinemania. We have social media for you to join the discussion. We have a subreddit at r slash the Cinemania Society and a Facebook page. If you liked what you heard, head over to Patreon and throw us a few bones. We love making fun stuff for folks to listen to, but it sure isn't free. Anything and everything helps. The Cinemania Society is a product of the Cinemania Society, LLC. Hang on, Ethan, Ethan, say it the way you want to say it, which is aluminum caramel squirrel. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is important, so everyone pay attention because the pronunciation yeah. in this bit is the key thing to the bit. So. God.